Start selling on Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash CNN for a $1 per month trial. Hey, everyone. I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is the CNN political briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Tuesday, February 21st. The end of the war in Ukraine is uncertain at this point, but President Joe Biden promised one thing is for certain. But there should be no doubt. Our support for Ukraine will not waver. You just heard President Joe Biden in Poland earlier today as he continues his tour through Eastern Europe to mark this dark occasion of a one-year milestone of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The president's trip to Poland comes just after making that unprecedented trip to Kiev, Ukraine's capital city. Biden will continue his trip in Poland for the rest of today and tomorrow, meeting with his Polish counterpart and other Eastern European allies. In these meetings and in his remarks, Biden vowed to keep up the support for Ukraine and to keep NATO countries safe and unified. Here he was earlier today speaking in the courtyard of Poland's royal castle. One year into this war, Putin no longer doubts the strength of our coalition, but he still doubts our conviction. He doubts our continued support for Ukraine, but there should be no doubt. Our support for Ukraine will not waver. NATO will not be divided and we will not tire. This was a rallying cry of a speech. This was quadrupling down on America's commitment to supporting Ukraine in its efforts to push back this Russian invasion. And President Biden was not mincing words at all or making veiled references. He was going directly at President Putin, whom he repeatedly named in his address. President Putin's craven lust for land and power will fail, and the Ukrainian people's love for their country will prevail. Ukraine will never be a victory for Russia. Never. And these comments from President Biden, though not scheduled to be so close in time to President Putin's remarks, they nonetheless were. And it drew an instant side-by-side contrast of how these leaders were approaching this moment. Putin delivered what was a major speech to the Russian Federal Assembly, and he offered no signs whatsoever in pulling back on his ambitions. He also falsely claimed yet again that the West started the war. The elite of the West do not conceal their ambition, which is to strategically defeat Russia, finish us off once and for all. Let me just say, it is they who unleashed this war, and we use force to stop them. Part of Biden's mission on this trip is to ensure that no fractures appear in this unified coalition of the West, of NATO, in support for Ukraine. It is a long time, a year, and one of Biden's greatest foreign policy achievements to date as president is his bringing together this Western coalition and keeping it as unified as it is in this effort to push back on Putin to defend Ukraine. And that is not something that many observers or commentators or foreign policy professionals necessarily predicted. So this 
is a moment for Biden to keep that glue among the West in place. That's why you heard something like this from him earlier today. When Russia invaded, it wasn't just Ukraine being tested. The whole world faced a test for the ages. Europe was being tested. America was being tested. NATO was being tested. All democracies are being tested. And the questions we faced were as simple as they were profound. Yes, we would stand up for sovereignty, and we did. Yes, we would stand up for the right of people to live free from aggression, and we did. And we would stand up for democracy, and we did. For his part, President Putin also announced today that Russia is suspending participation in the country's only remaining major nuclear arms control treaty with the United States. That treaty is called the New START, and it limits on the number of certain types of nuclear weapons both the United States and Russia can have deployed. It's also meant to facilitate weapons inspections of each other's sites, which U.S. officials have said Russia has refused to allow at their nuclear facilities. Putin did make clear that he wasn't pulling out of the agreement completely. So it kind of begs the question if this is just a rhetorical flourish from Putin, because if indeed Russia is already not complying with certain aspects of the treaty, what is it to say that you're not going to participate anymore if you're not properly participating to begin with? Nonetheless, Secretary of State Antony Blinken called the move, quote, deeply unfortunate and irresponsible, adding the United States is watching Russia closely and ready to talk, quote, at any time. You know, yesterday on the podcast, we talked about some of the congressional Republicans and the small faction, the MAGA wing inside the Republican Party on Capitol Hill, starting to really take aim at Biden and his handling of Ukraine. It's intriguing to watch beyond Capitol Hill at how the you know, freshly forming 2024 Republican presidential field is beginning to navigate this issue, because there are some divides within the party that you can start to see taking shape. I want you to listen to a smattering of would-be presidential candidates and presidential candidates on the Republican side as they are responding to Biden's actions. Here is Nikki Haley, who was in Urbandale, Iowa, yesterday. It started with Obama, Russia going to Ukraine, no one does anything about it. They do it again, Biden's slow to the take, does nothing about it, and he's now creeping in to do it. Her main critique is that Biden was too slow at getting Ukraine everything that it needed. She also said that winning the war against Russia is essential, but she's not interested in writing, quote, blank checks for Ukraine. She says that goes too far. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, a likely presidential hopeful, also echoed those comments about a blank check policy, but he actually questioned whether or not the United States should be in this moment of involvement as it currently finds itself in its support of Ukraine in this war. This was DeSantis on Fox News. They have effectively a blank check policy with no clear strategic objective identified. And um, these things can can escalate. And I don't think it's in our interest to be getting into proxy war with China, getting involved uh, over things like the borderlands or, or over Crimea. So right there, you see a divide between Haley, who has served as a U.S. ambassador to the United Nations and is a bit more hawkish on the foreign policy side. And DeSantis, who's echoing a bit more of the isolationist trend that we see inside the Republican Party, uh, that trend is one that Donald Trump 
is putting front and center in his candidacy for a second White House term. He put out a video today making clear that in a Trump administration, this war would not be occurring. I am the president who delivers peace, and it's peace through strength. There was a reason we had no conflict. There was a reason we didn't get into wars, because other countries respected us. They didn't want to mess around with the United States, and now they're laughing at us. We could end the Ukraine conflict in 24 hours with the right leadership. Watch this space, folks. By the time the Republican field is fully formed and they have their first debate this summer, I guarantee you, Ukraine, U.S. policy toward Ukraine is going to be a debate topic. And there's going to be real differences among the Republicans that are going to be worth paying attention to. That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like the show, please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow.